0: Hello and welcome to D Up Podcast. This is Louis Valletta, and thank you for taking a seat at the D Up table. I really appreciate it every week you come in here and you share your time with me. Uh, I, I really appreciate you guys. So, you guys make this thing possible in the NBA. Let me- I'm just having some technical difficulties here. Hold on. There we go. And the NBA makes it possible for us to come here all the time you all know uh other than Skip Ellis I am the Los Angeles Lakers number one hater that's because LeBron James is playing on the team I actually think they're put together really well especially after seeing them win the NBA finals I've been crying now for 24 hours (laughs) Uh, we got a lot to talk about I'm gonna give you two reasons why I was wrong about the Lakers I thought that the Los Angeles Clippers were going to win it all. I thought the Los Angeles Clippers were a superior team. I was wrong. Uh, At least for the time being. And I'll explain what I mean in a bit. But let's just tip your hats off to the Miami Heat for for making it here, for shocking the world. Uh, They have a wonderful future, a great team. And um, if they pick up one more star, I'm pretty sure they'll be in it again next year. Uh, they're Duncan Robinson and, and uh, Tyler Hero are really great studs Kendrick uh, Bam, I mean all these young stars and of course uh, Jimmy Butler. So let's hope that, that they can get back to the finals either way, but I want them to get one more star. <clears throat> Giannis Adanakuponettekupo. Uh, I always butcher his name but that would be a nice little pickup. Yet I still want him to stay in Milwaukee because I love that he's playing for such a, a small franchise and small town team and I really respect him more for wanting to stay. So, uh, either way it's good. I go to Miami a lot. I would love to see Giannis in Miami. I've counted him out over here for New York already. Obviously, he's not coming here. But let's just tap your tip your hat to the Miami Heat. Uh, Again, this was a weird season. It was a shortened season. It was a bubble season. And this is a great segue into my first reason why I was wrong about the LA Lakers. And I'm not trying to take blame off of myself. We all are wrong. I was wrong this year. There is no excuses. Yet, there is a but here. If we look at history and we look at the way that shortened seasons have gone particularly the 1998-99 lockout season if my memory serves me correct i think there was a first it was either indiana or miami it was a team like there or it could have been a western conference team but they were bounced out in the first round i remember that and the team that made it to the finals in the east believe it or not if you have a good memory with a 27 and 23 record. Right. I'm going to I'm going to repeat that again. A fourth seed in, in the division, a fourth seed at 27 and 23, the New York Knicks won that shortened season and got into the finals to face the San Antonio Spurs, who I who I think had a wonderful record at 13 losses. They had only 13 losses, but that's neither here nor there. There was a number one team that was bounced in the first round, plus you have a fi- almost a 500 team getting to the finals. That shows you that the chaos of a shortened season can breed a lot of different outcomes that we can never predict as basketball analysts. Now, that was just a cited reference, a factual reference, which I don't want you to take as an excuse. It was something that could, it was a variable that can happen in business. It's a variable that can happen in competition. It can happen in any sport, and, and Vegas can't account for that. That was my number one reason why the Lakers ended up showing better than the Los Angeles Clippers, in my opinion, this year. The bubble did affect different players differently. For example, mostly on the Clippers, Lou Williams and Paul George. Now, I'm not a, a, a psychotherapist, and I'm not about to claim anything with you guys. I'm not going to tell you that Paul George had anxiety or depression, but he, he implicated himself, and he implicitly stated that. He wasn't himself. Playoff Paul. Other than that, we see Lou Williams' degeneration as a player. He literally didn't show up to the bubble. If you remember, with the sticky wings, the strip club, that was a preamble to what was about to come for Lou Williams because he didn't own it, he didn't commit to the bubble, and we could see in his play, it was not Lou Williams. And the Los Angeles Clippers really count on him to get it going. Sixth man of the year, this guy... Can light it up? He's instant offense. He was nowhere to be found, especially against a team like, you know, Dallas and showing against Denver. You're going to need a full team effort. The Los Angeles Clippers were constructed to have equal contributions throughout the roster to throw ten guys at you. When two guys are are in space and Zubac's giving you nothing, big. Tall, oof, that doesn't do anything. There's going to be issues. Now, Kawhi obviously didn't show in the last game, which is very unlike Kawhi. It was a very unlike Kawhi thing to do. Paul, we kind of expected. So, this abbreviated season is akin to the lockout season. The bubble affected everyone very differently, and I feel that the Clippers got the short end of the stick if this was a full season. Uh, regardless if the Lakers were in first place, which they were in the regular season, I believe the Clippers were gearing up to slowly transition into being a well-rested, energetic, healthy team that was going to peak. At least that's what the coaching staff timed them out as and the players had timed themselves out as. They were going to peak in the finals, getting into the Eastern Conference Finals, into the NBA Finals. There was no doubt. I would have put in the whole house, the whole caboodle, all the money that the Clippers would win this year. But there was one more thing I didn't account for. There was one more thing, not the lack of professionalism of Paul George to show up and to be tough, or the lack of professionalism to commit to the bubble from Lou Williams, or the the inadequacies of, of less practice during the regular season because you're in the bubble and it's a shortened season, and you're not having contact with, with, with family, with friends, any of those emotional things, without accounting for that, I did not account for the, the effect of the Lakers' length mixed with their coaching staff. And let me explain what I mean by that. I know it sounds like really a really odd statement to you. But the whole time I'm watching the playoffs i'm seeing the the lakers they they can shoot not particularly well from three they can have a bad shooting game and they still find a way to win and something that i saw through every series particularly in the nba finals was their ability to get to loose balls and their ability to grab offensive rebounds now before I did this show, I checked because I knew they were up there in the offensive rebounds category, and they were second to the Philadelphia 76ers in the playoffs in the bubble for, for grabbing offensive rebounds. I think they were averaging like 10.9, don't quote me on that, or 11.9, you can go check. Um, they were number two in the bubble. Now, KCP could be off from three, Caruso, you can get a LeBron kind of... A, if you're grabbing offensive rebounds and dishing it right back out, if you notice the Lakers. Were the masters of second opportunities, whether it be a a, a steal off a defensive rebound or an offensive rebound that they grabbed. They always converted their second chance points. Sometimes they would go three. I remember Marcus Morris catching an offensive rebound, and and, and all of these, even Rondo and the point guards running to the ball. Look at Caruso. Their coaching staff mixed with the athleticism and length of the lakers that's what won them the championship and you could say lebron finally found his home to where he was driving to the rim finally becoming the man that we all knew he could be and taking control that's why he won nba finals mvp that's why i've knocked him all the time because he doesn't do that well guess what I'll give him the crown when he deserves it. And he deserved it because he started to to use his body, started to drive to the hole. And if you don't do that, at 6'8", 6'9", 275 pounds, you're really cheating your team and you're also cheating yourself. And LeBron finally started to take things into his own hands. Minus that that pass at the end to, to Danny Green. You know, he, he really started to, to drive to the rim, use his shoulders, use his body, his strength, get N1s at the rim, layups. This is why the Lakers won. The coaching staff have told the point guards and the off wings and sometimes the the, 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 the length of the, the centers and the power forwards, he would he, he instructed the crash, uh, the, the coaching staff, instructed the crash boards, when needed they did a wonderful job of getting to 50 50 balls i don't have that stat if there's stats on 50 50 balls but the lakers dominated the lakers were intense because the coaching staff was the catalyst they were the spark in the engine and it was combustible on the court because give credit to the players they executed these tipped balls, these steals, these these rebounds that did what they needed to do to win, and credit the players as well as the coaching staff. We know the Lakers had the best coaching staff in the league. There's no doubt about that. You got Jason Kidd over there sitting on the bench. Um, you got you got Magic Johnson telling telling the team team stuff, and and Frank Vogel, who's just an amazing you know, two sided coach. And that, you know, Jason Kidd knows all of the tricks to how to win and, and a lot of those tricks don't even show up in the stat box but he has those tricks and it was evident the Lakers had that Jason Kidd mentality. So that was my reason number two. It was coaching mixed with length and effort. So let's credit the Lakers. They defied the odds. Um, at least in my mind, they were number one in the season and their record was a wonderful record. Uh, they were number one in the West, and give them that credit. You know, give them that credit. Um, one more mention of the NBA shortened season. Uh, another number one team was bounced out this time, and that was the the Bucks. What you know, we've mentioned the Bucks and Giannis probably most in this podcast. Uh, I thought they were going, but again, those variables that we can't account for sometimes mess up things for a team and it happens so my job is to get up here and to discuss what i see and get your feedback as you always give me and in a nice way and i love uh, the dm battles that we have and all of the negative and positive comments that you guys give me, because then I know what to talk about, I know what you guys want, and uh, I usually don't get into stats like I have, like, you know, I gave you the offensive rebounding, all that stuff, because it's kind of boring, I like to talk about the drama of the NBA, but I'm glad you, you stayed in for a little bit of this, uh, the fun the fun, the statistic uh, treat, and the prizes today, because I feel the, that that ten point nine offensive rebound clip was something that the Lakers could could fall back on. It was a safety net. It was a security blanket. They didn't have to shoot the best. They didn't have to make every three. A lot of these teams need to make their shots. Well, the Lakers have a lot of other tools and let's just say the Clippers were instructed and coached the same way as the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, things would have been a little bit different. On the contrary, the Clippers did not get to those loose balls. On the contrary, the Clippers didn't grab rebounds on the off- offensive end when they needed to. Uh, you can go back and check the tapes, and, man, they were the Clippers were slow to the ball. So, um uh, Let's let this championship marinate. Congratulations to the Lakers. And um, I'm going to have a call either on this show or the next show. I'm going to try to get it in tonight, uh, so I can paste it in this in the show with a friend of mine, Raft Kansara, who is a Laker fan, but he's he's not a LeBron fan. He's a he admires his game, but he's a Laker fan, and I want to talk to him about this championship and having LeBron on the team. I hope we can get to that tonight. So, um, for Dia Podcast, thank you for taking the time, for taking the seat, and for coming into the finals commentary and what I saw. I want to see your feedback, all questions I take, and all statements I take. Thank you once again, Louis Belletta on Instagram, Louis Edward Belletta, and Louis Edward Belletta on Facebook. I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you.